there. This week we're attending one of the biggest cannabis conferences, MJ BizCon in Las Vegas. But we still have the latest cannabis news for you today. So get ready because this is the M News Now. If you're not already in Las Vegas, you need to get down here and attend this week's MJ BizCon 2022. It's taking place November 15th through 18th, and it's one of the largest cannabis conferences of all. It's being held at the Las Vegas Convention Center, and it attracts more than 35,000 people. This year, the 320,000 square feet of exhibition space will showcase more than 1,400 exhibitors. Additionally, there will be 180 speakers with some of the biggest names in cannabis and top-level executives and insiders. And of course, there will also be countless networking opportunities. We'll be attending this week, and we'll have a full report when we're back. If you are in Las Vegas or headed there, let us know. We'd love to hear your thoughts on what you experience. Drop us a line or message us for a meetup. You can reach the M News Now via Twitter, LinkedIn, LeafWire, or email us at info at themnewsnow.com. This week, NJ Spotlight News posted an interview with New Jersey Democratic Senator Cory Booker. Booker has previously spoken about his hopes that cannabis legislation could be passed during this year's lame duck session. That's the period between November midterm elections and early January, when the new Congress session with the newly elected congressional representatives begins. When asked in this interview about his views on the likelihood of cannabis legislation happening now, he said, There's a greater understanding on these issues, and I just have a feeling that we can get something done. But the problem we have right now is the clock. There's very little time in this lame duck and a lot of things that people want to do. It's going to be hard to get as much done as we need to. Booker has previously spoken optimistically about introducing marijuana legislation measures and the Safe Banking Plus package during this period. And while this week he sounded cautious about the limited time available, he also signaled that there is an urgency around marijuana issues over the next few weeks in the Senate. Booker said that the imminent Republican congressional majority that's set to take over in January is probably not likely to advance any cannabis issues. He said, Even though there's a lot of House members from states that have legalized marijuana in one way or another, I just don't see the Republicans wanting to advance that. Booker added, so it's either now or it might be many years from now. On November 10th, a federal judge temporarily stopped New York's Office of Cannabis Management from issuing conditional adult-use retail dispensary licenses in certain parts of the state. This was because of litigation over the application's state residency requirements. This case has implication on New York licenses, but even more importantly for the country's cannabis industry, the outcome of this case could ultimately open the way for interstate cannabis commerce. But first, for New York State, their retail market is being held up. The state's not yet issued any licenses, but it is in process, and they plan to soon begin issuing 150 of them. Those license applications include wording that says an applicant must demonstrate a significant presence in New York State, either individually or by having a principal corporate location in the state. Because of this residency requirement, one cannabis company sued the state of New York on grounds that the residency requirements violate the U.S. Constitution's Dormant Commerce Clause. This clause prohibits states from enacting laws that inhibit trade among the states. It grants the federal government jurisdiction over any interstate commerce if a state law or regulation prohibits or prevents interstate commerce by favoring its residents over the residents of other states. Just a few years back in 2019, 
the U.S. Supreme Court used this clause to rule that a residency requirement for Tennessee retail liquor stores was unconstitutional. The current injunction in New York is just preliminary, so it could be overturned eventually. It's also limited to just five geographic areas within the state. The state might be able to get around this clause if they're able to explain why their regulations are narrowly tailored to residents in a way that doesn't violate the constitutional clause. Thus far, they've not done so, but the case is ongoing. The other very important reason to follow this case's outcome closely is that if the final ruling does find that this U.S. constitutional amendment applies to cannabis, then potentially all state cannabis regulations which restrict licensees from purchasing only from in-state suppliers could also be unconstitutional. Industry expert David Rabinowitz wrote about this potential and said, Interstate commerce is becoming closer to a reality, as court decisions set the table for interstate trade. So while our U.S. legislative representatives in Washington have been dragging their feet and squabbling between parties over legalization and banking measures, Rabinowitz believes that the courts are the way to ultimate cannabis freedom. He writes, Cannabis progress will happen in the courts, driven by decisions like these. And he emphasized his conviction by adding, Count on it. Leafly's Bruce Barcott wrote a great article on the lessons we can learn in the cannabis industry after elections like we just had. And one point he brought up is that when it comes to cannabis legalization, who citizens elect for state governor really does matter. While cannabis is still a state issue, the governors wield a lot of power. The national media's obsessive focus on Congress and the president tend to make us forget that governors do matter too. For example, in Arkansas this election, a popular current governor, Asa Hutchinson, a popular former governor, Mike Huckabee, along with his daughter and very popular governor-elect, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, all loudly opposed the legalization efforts there. And subsequently, that state's legalization efforts did fail. In South Dakota, Governor Kristi Noem has used her position and power to defeat legalization by managing to reverse the 2020 measure which voters passed. And again this month, she used her influence to help squash the 2022 legalization measures. Past governors of New Jersey and Maine, Chris Christie and Paul LePage, respectively, were able to use their power to promote their prohibitionist positions, which both slowed down and undermined the medical and adult-use legalization efforts in their states. On the other hand, one of two states which just passed adult-use legalization measures, Maryland, is fortunate to have also elected Wes Moore, who's a legalization advocate with what the National Organization for Marijuana Reform, or NORML, calls an A-rated pro-cannabis voting record. So the next time your state has another vote for governor, remember that who you elect does count when it comes to cannabis. That's all you need to know for today. Be sure to keep listening for the latest updates and follow us on themnewsnow.com. Later. Later.